everyone, welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, Year 2, where this year we're reading through and studying the entire New Testament, one chapter at a time. Thanks again for joining us in discovering God's plan and your part in it. All right, welcome to Mark chapter 4. And before we jump into Mark chapter 4, Jenny needs to tell the truth about how she feels about the podcast right now. <laughs> That's not fair. I think I am excited about the podcast. I'm excited about learning from God's Word. I like... I guess I like to find commonality with things that I'm learning about. Um, however, I don't like feeling like things are super repetitive. So I guess maybe, I don't know, nice little thought for us in the future is that if we're going to do the Gospels back to back to back to back to back, which are very repetitive in nature, which is a good thing, um, we maybe should like toss in uh, a random epistle here and there. <laughs> In it's between. <laughs> so when you set out to read uh, either the entire Bible or like we are this year, the whole New Testament, or like we will next year, the whole Old Testament, um, one of the challenges is there are books that tell the same stories. Mm-hmm. So like when we were doing a chronological reading, you just read a lot about the same story. Jesus, yes. but the story continues to progress. So you read mm-hmm. the same account of the, the sower story like we're going to do today, but you do it all in one day. Mm-hmm. Or in the Old Testament, you read the accounts of the kings because First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles are basically the same story. Right. But because the story keeps progressing, it's like okay, you just repeat yourself in one day. You don't repeat yourself over and mm-hmm. over and over. And so, it's kind of cool to see those texts side by side at the same time. Whereas it's like we have, I don't know, weeks that go by until we revisit the story again. It's like, oh man, what did I say? <laughs> So we did actually wonder when we were setting out to do this, if you would stick with us or if you would get bored. And surprisingly. <laughs> you're not you're not getting bored, apparently. Yeah, and I think with people that we've been picking up, even on YouTube, it's like, okay, there's a lot of people that are really excited about this, really excited about what we can learn from the Gospels, although they are repetitive in nature. It's cool to see the, the amount of people that are excited to be on this journey with us throughout the New Testament. But this is probably something that we talk about ourselves before we record lately, just about every day where it's like, oh man, like <laughs> oh, we're going to do this. this. One. <laughs> we're going to do this four times. And please don't hear us wrong. It's not because we like don't want to read the Bible or something. Um, it's just realizing that when we read the Gospels, we're going to be reading the Gospels for, you know, another month, another two mm-hmm. months. And there's going to be some repetition. So one of the benefits of this is that we are going to have a really clear picture of who Jesus is. Um, We're going to have a really clear picture of how each gospel writer is highlighting different things. And I think there's a lot of strengths to it, but you are going to notice a lot of repetition and that's okay. And we just want to give you a gold star for hanging in there with us because we feel the repetition too. And what might be helpful is that sometimes when we're reading this, it's hard for me to remember back the things that I've already talked about. But if there are things that perhaps we don't mention when you do listen to the recording yourself, you're like, oh, that really stuck out to me. Leave that in a comment somewhere or email us. Tell us the things that you have noticed that stuck out to you that perhaps we just kind of glossed over not even thinking. So there might be things that really stick out to you too. We do the best we can to actually respond to the comments. So just know that if you are listening on YouTube and you want to leave a comment, we will see those and we will respond to those um, usually within the same day. And it is actually like, I really do enjoy the dialogue. Mm -hmm. So if you do have a thought, leave a comment. Uh, I'm interested in what you have to say about it. uh, Because lately as I'm engaging with more and more people online, it's like, oh, 
I hadn't thought of that before. Mm-hmm. Um, so leave us a comment. Tell us what you think. Uh, outside of that, here we go. This is Mark chapter <laughs> four, and it is the parable of the sower, and it is a very familiar story. Like Jesus is telling a parable about a farmer going out and sowing seed, and there are different soils that have different results. Then Jesus kind of talks a little bit about what the purpose of the parables is. I know that we talked about that the last time, and I thought that was actually kind of interesting. Like it has meaning to you, and hopefully someday it will mean something to these people who are just like listening to a nice story. The the original audience. Like they're they're confused saying, right. "Hey, why are you telling these parables?" and the the reason is that some people have hard hearts and it mm-hmm. is not yet for them to know what's going on. And actually even some of the disciples did not yet know what was going on. This is in Matthew 13. So if you're interested in what we said about this before, you can go listen to our mm-hmm. episode on Matthew 13. And then we see throughout the rest of the chapter that there's a lot of parables that use seeds. I think there's actually something really unique and interesting about this because how can, I mean, obviously there are scientific um methods and procedures that can totally analyze the growth of a seed and tell you all the things that go into it. But outside of those things, I think it's really interesting that Jesus constantly is using this imagery of a seed and what the seed needs for it to go or excuse me, for it to grow. And ultimately, God is the one who makes the seeds grow. So it's really cool that seeds are oftentimes used in these different parables because I think it's like it's kind of like this mystery that has always fascinated all of humanity that like just placing the seed in the ground with all the things that it needs it can produce mm-hmm. a crop. So back to the parable of the sower, which is how we open up again with seeds again. Uh Ryan, you had I guess caught something here. Well, I mean just to look at this just to do it justice. Um, the, the farmer's throwing out this seed kind of willy nilly, which is not very wise farming actually. (laughs) Um, some seeds on a path, some seeds on rocky ground, some seed is just out in the ground to be scorched by the sun. Some is in thorns and some is in good soil. And the idea is that the gospel, God's word is being sent out and it's falling on different kinds of hearts that have different kinds of level of reception and obedience. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that obviously the people who hear God's word, they accept it in their lives and apply it to their lives. They are the ones who grow up and produce a harvest. And there are some that produce different levels of harvest, which I think there's interesting application there where not everybody produces the same harvest. There's 30, there's 60, there's a hundred. So not everybody does the same thing or has the same results. For me, as I'm reading over this today as we're recording it, um, I really get this picture of discipleship. Like, I just am so intrigued by discipleship. I think there's a huge challenge that exists today with discipleship. Great need. There's a great need for discipleship. The idea you get here is it's not enough just to shotgun blast God's word out there. <laughs> That's what we say in um, teaching. It's not enough to just throw a, yeah. throw the noodles and see what sticks. <laughs> it's it's actually not enough just to entertain people to hear the word and mm-hmm, then call mm-hmm. it good. Like we need to be bringing people to a point where they are fruitfully reproducing followers of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we can only do that if we are very careful with how we teach people the word and how we evaluate the ability of them to apply it to their lives. And so you'll find um, different kind of church experiences, different kind of Christian experiences that fall on one side or the other. And I feel like I've talked about this some, but I, I do enjoy this topic and I think it's so important to us today. Well, I think it's interesting too, as you're saying, like throwing Uh, the seed around willy-nilly, because I think that's oftentimes what we do, like, oh, this is discipleship. But if you think about any 
um, like high level career, I immediately think of like a surgeon, like somebody who you fully expect to have spent many years training and being under the supervision of someone who actually knows and understands so that their skills are sharpened so that then when they go to be a surgeon, they're actually fully equipped and ready. They've been discipled all of those years by higher mentors to be able to do the job well. I can't imagine what it would be like to walk in and say, you ready for your surgery today? Yeah. What kind of experience have you had? Oh, well, you know, I read some books like, oh, that'd be terrible. I I know you've used that similar Mm -hmm. um, word picture as well, but the idea of discipleship is super important. And the idea of these seeds, like it, it mirrors back to what you're talking about with discipleship as well. Just to jump on a hot topic here right now, uh, we are recording this on Monday and yesterday was the Super Bowl. And there's a lot of buzz right now around this He Gets Us campaign. Uh, If you watched the Super Bowl, you probably watched it, um, where it is this message of just like this constant image of kind of like followers of Jesus washing people's feet. And it it has a lot of buzz around it uh, because a lot of people are not pleased with it. Um, and, And there are people on both sides of it. But I guess not to dive into the controversy necessarily, but just to highlight, like it's not enough just to blanket people with an image of Jesus. It's not enough just to put up a big billboard that's like, hey, Jesus. It's not wrong, but it's not the only thing. Right. And I guess to, to show you the two polls, like you do have these churches where it seems like their goal is to attract as many people as possible um, with just like trying to remove every possible barrier to preach the word, which isn't bad. Uh, but it is bad when it doesn't go any further than that. Like sometimes I find myself seeing like, okay, so when are you going to actually teach people how to apply this? It's not mm-hmm, enough just to mm-hmm. preach it over and over. And then on the other poll, uh, you'll have people that are kind of isolated in their own little camp where they don't really interact with the world at all. And the word of God is not going out at all. And sometimes there's very little growth going on there. So what's interesting about this story is we need to hear the word, but also apply it to our lives and grow. And we do need to know that there is an enemy out there who's seeking to destroy us and stop us from growing. And we need to be very proactive um, in our discipleship, in caring for people, introducing people to Jesus, but also helping them to actively follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. So we continue on with this theme of seeds. Uh, if we jump over, skipping a, skipping ahead a little bit, over to verses 26 through 34, you have both of these seeds, the, or excuse me, parables about seeds. The first one is the parable of the seed actually growing, needing that time in order to actually have what it needs in order to grow. Then we move into the parable of the mustard seed, which also starts out small but can grow into something significant. And you noticed like a common theme with those. Well, it's interesting because Jesus says the kingdom of God is like a man who scatters seed and it like it basically like God helps the seed to grow. Mm -hmm. And then he talks about the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed that starts small. So it's this idea that the kingdom of God is actually this very tiny thing. I'm combining the two parables. This small thing that takes quite a bit of time to grow and mature, but eventually it will be a very large thing. Mm -hmm. And I think what Jesus is highlighting here is that what he's teaching about the kingdom of God is different than what his audience would have believed about the kingdom of God. Because remember, they're assuming that he is this warring Messiah that's going to come and deliver them from the Romans. A lot of people would have thought that. Mm -hmm. And so that would have been like a kingdom of God that arose in a moment, in a flash of violence, maybe a campaign, but eventually like it, it wasn't there and then it's there. But instead, Jesus is teaching them that this is a tiny thing, a small step 
that will eventually grow and develop and be a kingdom that envelops the entire world. And we are still part of that process. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is that the initiator of that process, the sustainer of that process, is always God. We don't know how it grows. We don't know Mm -hmm. why it Mm -hmm. grows, but we know that God makes makes it it grow. grow. And God is continually adding people to his kingdom growing his kingdom, we can look forward to a point in time when his kingdom will have no end, where every tongue will confess, every knee will bow that Jesus Christ is king. And how exciting is it to look forward to that, particularly when you feel like there's nothing to be thankful for or happy about right now, which hopefully you don't feel that way, but it is possible to, you know, sometimes things can look bleak, but God's kingdom is not going to stop and God is going to continue to grow his kingdom. Mm -hmm. So where do we see a year part coming for us today? How can we apply this to our own walks? I just continue to see Mark uh, highlighting how powerful God is. Hmm. Because we see here that God is the one who um, sustains the seed and grows the kingdom. And to me, it's a very comforting thing to realize that God is actually in control and God is like moving and shaping this whole thing. We need to be obedient to him for sure. And we need to look to him. We need to follow him. We need to do what he says, of course. But it is fitting that this chapter of Mark ends with Jesus calming a storm. Now, we just finished up Matthew, so it feels like we've already seen the end of the story. So you have to kind of like reset your mind and go back to the beginning and realize that we're back at the beginning of the story and here the disciples are still not quite sure what's going on. (laughs) And so when they're in this terrible storm out in the sea and Jesus is just like, okay, stop. They're like, oh, my word, like the waves listen to this guy, Mm -hmm. the storms listen to this guy. So if you combine Jesus power over the storm with his parables about the kingdom of God, like God is for us, like Mm -hmm. God is working uh, for himself and we benefit from the work that he's doing because we are his children. And so like how comforting is it to know that you belong to God if you are a believer, and he is um, working for you in a way that will care for you and provide for you uh, and lead you. So keep your eyes on Christ. Stay committed to um, what his word says. Stay committed to reading and searching his word. Don't listen to us. Listen to God. Um, I I just think that's an incredible your part. Like Trust that God has a purpose and a plan, and he is working that out And we want to keep our eyes on him and be obedient to him as he does that. I think it's an incredible opportunity for all of us. So thanks for joining us for Mark 4. We'll be back again tomorrow with some Mark 5 and some more crazy Jesus miracles. Thanks for joining today's episode of God's Plan, Your Part. As always, please consider partnering with us as we are a listener-supported podcast that we hope to continue to grow with support from listeners just like you. We've made it super easy to partner with us, and you can support us by following the link in our show notes or our description. You can support us with as little as $3 a month. Every little bit of this helps so much, and we're so thankful for your support. With that in mind, here's today's reading. Mark chapter 4. And he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered around him, so that he got into the boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. 
And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it and yielded no grain. And other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires of other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit, thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use it, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even that he has will be taken away. And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground, and he sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. And he said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which, when it is sown on the ground, is the smallest of seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants, and puts out large branches, so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables he spoke the word to them, as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples he explained everything. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of God's Plan, Your Part. 
Don't forget, you can find us on just about every social media platform and YouTube. Let us know what you thought of today's episode. And if you have any questions, go ahead and post them there. You can also reach out to us directly at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. As always, if you don't have a Bible, or if you'd like to use the one that we use, uh, reach out to us via email and we'll be happy to send one to you. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you again tomorrow.